Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Welcome, welcome to Encounter. We are in the middle of a series called Living Your Blessed Life. And in order to live your best life, you're going to have to learn how to live your... We're getting better. Week three, and we're getting better. All right, so uh, this is a phrase I've used every week, and we want to continue. If you want to live your best life, you need to learn how to live your blessed life. And this is what God wants to do. He wants to do this for you. And so uh, to our guests and visitors in the house today, we just want to say welcome. We are so privileged and honored that you are here from all over the place and, uh, and returning with us, our family. My grandparents are back home. We're glad to see them. And, uh, and so we are, we are right smack in this series. And if this is your first time during this series, don't worry. We have podcasts. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. You can get caught up. Um, and you're just going to fit right in right here with what God wants to do. Are you ready for the word this morning? Yeah. Amen. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 1, and then I'm going to skip down to verses 12 through 13. Our, our first week we discussed how God created male and female, period. And out of creating male and female, he blessed them and called them human. And so the reality is, is that what we want to do is we want to live blessed, but the question then is, what does it truly mean to be human? What does it truly mean to be human? Because if we live less than human, then we actually live without blessing. Because being human has a blessing already on it. So two weeks ago, we worked on how to change your past. How many enjoyed that? Anybody? I know people have already bought a staff. They're writing things on that staff. Like this is, that was amazing. And uh, then last week, we worked on posture to prosper and how, how, the present really is, is learning not to walk in step with the wicked, not to stand in the way of sinners, and not to sit in the seat to the company of mockers, but to be planted in the house of the Lord. That's the posture. And so we've worked past present and now I'm working in a present future tense today all right so we are working with this we're working towards this and I believe there are some things that you can do today that will actually unlock the blessing of God in your life anybody want the blessing of God in your life all right Genesis 26 and 1 says a severe famine that's great hope today just we'll get there nine o'clock a severe famine now struck the land in 2022, we would call that recession. Okay. Do you know that anything in the Bible is relevant for today's living? Like, this is a word that is alive and well. All right, so a severe famine struck the land. Now you know where we're going with this. All right. As had happened before in Abraham's time. So it's nothing new. It's happened before. So Isaac moved to Gerar. Sure, we'll pronounce it that way. Where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. That just sounds ominous. And when Isaac planted his crops, when Isaac planted his crops that year, that, that year, in the year of famine, 
in the year of recession. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted. For the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. I'm just going to talk this morning on our third installment of this. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. Father, I thank you for the moments we have shared and the glory of your presence that has settled on us in this service. Father, today I'm asking that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we may receive this word today. May we do something with it. May it feed us, nourish us. May we walk out better than we came in. Today, God, I'm asking that you would do more than we could think, imagine, ask, or believe. God, blow our expectation out of the water. Challenge us and empower us today by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Someone said, my mind is ready. My heart is open. I receive it. I believe it. Do it, Jesus. God wants to bless you. And that seems like a really good statement this morning. We can get excited about God wanting to bless us. But my challenge is, right out of the gate this morning, is why do we live like we think God hates us? Here's what I'm going with today. We put so much emphasis on old Slewfoot, the devil, if you didn't know what that was, that would just Beelzebub. Right, we put so much emphasis. We, we're like, we're like, the devil's attacking me today. Maybe, maybe not. That the, the enemy's out to get me today. My finances are in ruin. My my house is a mess. My my life is in chaos, and we blame the devil. And what we're doing? Let me just aha right here. Here it is. Here's your aha moment. What we're doing is we are empowering an imp. And not exalting the creator. If we believe God really wants to bless us. Then let's start acting, talking and believing. Like God really wants to bless us. That God really wants to bless. God is not out to destroy your life. The enemy does not have that kind of power. The enemy could only get permission To mess up your life from God. I don't know where that is, Pastor. That's in the book of Job. Oh, the the guy that lost everything and in the middle of it said, even though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The the, the guy who was like, I I know all of this is going on around me, but yet will I praise him. I'm not going to curse God and die. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to exalt him and bless him because God's been too good to me before. And I know that the problem I'm going through, God will still be good to me through the end. Yeah, the devil had to get permission to mess with Job. I'm, I'm just wanting to remind a child of God, if the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead resides in you, then why? Do we give so much emphasis to the enemy? You already have power over him. So don't steal the blessing God wants to give to you by exalting an insignificant, small, inferior being. All right, now we're going. 
Bible says a severe famine struck the land. Recession. This, I, let, me, let me say it like this. I know that gas prices are high. I know that eggs are high. I know that your milk prices are high. I know that, 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 that just living life right now is costing you more. But when we talk about a famine in the Bible, that was not a lack of, of, of or it was a lack of, not an increase in price. All right, so it was a lack of water. Water's important. I think water's important. Water, water makes you live. Water, in those days, causes your camel to live, which carries your stuff. It causes your donkey to make sure that he can carry your cart. It's allowing your horse so you can ride. It's giving your, your livestock, that is your, your provision. And in the, in the time of a great famine... In fact, famines would get so bad in the land that we have people like Joseph who, who, would, who would have dreams about storing up so that in the time of famine they would have enough. Times of famine with Elijah and Elisha where they would pray and, and God would hold back and then God would release rain and, and cause the famine to cease, the drought to be over. And what we're, what we're living in right now is not really a famine, it's a recession. But we, we as Americanized individuals, we get our undies in a bunch real quick when it goes over $4 a gallon. And we feel as if God has forsaken us, God has left us, God has walked away. And what we're saying to God is, I don't think that you want to bless us. I want to turn this on its head today, and I want to tell you, God wants to bless us you. God wants his desire is to make you prosper. His desire is to make you fruitful. And, and Isaac in the time of famine does something that is so out of characteristic because in the time of famine you should be holding your resources close. Because if I let go of my resources then I don't have. Correct? Anybody, with, anybody tracking with me today? But what does Isaac do? That year he went ahead and planted crops. Isaac, like, I don't know if that's smart. Like, I don't know if, if, it's, if it's okay. I don't, I don't know if you should be planting crops. But the Bible says in that year, a year of great famine, he planted his crops. And what did God do? Fivefold? Tenfold? Eighteenfold? Twentyfold? The Bible says he had a hundred times more than what he planted. You can't tell me that God doesn't want to bless you. The blessing would be that the crop would be, would be harvested. But God's like, no, because you were able to sow in a time of famine, I'm going to bless the faith of the sower, and you're going to harvest more, and I'm going to show you that I'm the one who is the author of the field. See, what happens is we trust in our own ability of the field, and it's already God's field. All God is saying is the seed that you have, go ahead and sow into my field. I own the field, and I'll take care of the crop. I own where you're sowing. I own the land. See, see growth and, and, and blessing comes when you take what God has given you, opportunities, gift, time, resources, money, and you do something with it. The things God has given you, if you don't do anything with it, 
How are you supposed to be blessed? God, I want you to bless my time, but then we don't spend any time with him. God, I want you to bless my resources. It's like saying this. I want a paycheck, but you never show up to work. And I talk to anybody in 2022. It's like, I want this, and I need this, and all of a sudden, we're like, and God's like, I want to bless you, and the blessing is already in the field. You just have to release what you already have, because what you already have, I'm going to be able to do something with. So growth is taking what we have and doing something with it. I believe that God wants to give you progression in the middle of recession. I believe God wants you to grow. I believe God wants his church to prosper. I believe that God wants to see the revival that is promised. I believe that God wants to see progression in recession. There is nothing, there is no height in price or tax increase that can stop the progression and the blessing of God. There is no one in office or out of office that can stop the blessing of God. There is nothing in heaven or in hell that can stop the blessing of God. Am I talking to someone? There is no height nor depth nor anything that can ever stop the blessing of God. But it has to be released. And what you have are the seeds of the hundredfold blessing of the hundredfold blessing Charles Spurgeon said it like this giving is really having giving is really having see God wants to give you progression in recession through giving through giving, you want to live your blessed life? I would do an inserve, a disservice to God's people if I did not talk about generosity of giving during living your blessed life. You want to have a key to unlocking the blessing of God in your life? Well, it's going to come through giving of the time, the resources, the money, the, uh, the opportunities, the gifts. It's, it's going to come through giving. In fact, the study shows this, that those that are are likely to be generous. All right, here's the study. Likely to be generous, 40%, 40% of people that do not have any faith at all are likely to be generous. 40%, they have no faith at all, no faith at all, but they'll give to charities, they'll give to, to, to nonprofits, they'll, they'll be generous. Enough. 40% of people with no faith at all are more likely or more prone to be generous. People that have faith, a little bit of faith, just... Just they attend church on Christmas and Easter. They, they've, got, they've got just a little bit. Are 61% more likely to give and be generous. Just a little bit of Jesus and the, the odds start increasing. And individuals that are completely 100% sold out to Christ and his mission and his church. To the lost world around us and to the future hope and glory that he has in store for us. Are 90% more likely to be generous. So, that is a, a check in your own, where am I on that scale? Because my generosity actually matches my faith. My faith. See, psychology. Now, let's go outside the Bible because I want to back this up in all kinds of areas. Psychology confirm what the Bible has already taught. Isn't that something? Science has already proven what the Bible has already taught. All right. 
another story for another day, all right? Study after study has shown that generosity enriches our lives, and psychologists are finding that the only way to really live is to actually give yourself away. In fact, one social scientist I read mentioned that generosity leads to healthier bodies, greater empathy, lower rates of depression, and even a longer lifespan, more hope, more peace, and more luck. Generosity doesn't make you rich, but it does enrich your life. See, if you think that generosity, somehow by giving, then you're going to suddenly become rich, the BMW's going to show up, you're going to get the new house and, and the new RV and the new pool and pony, then you're missing out on the heart of generosity. Generosity is not about what you can get. Generosity isn't because, and, and, and let me break this down into our, our world. We want to know what does this do for me? Let's just be honest. In everything that we do, what is it, how does this benefit me? Because I'm not going to spend time at something, doing something, giving to something, investing in something if I don't get anything in return. Anybody want to be honest today? And that may be a subconscious, not even a conscious thought, but that is the condition of humankind. What will this benefit me? And so with that thought, I wanted to go ahead and remind you of what generosity actually benefits you. I'm going to preach from this angle this morning about how generosity actually benefits you because generosity, rather than hoarding resources and protecting yourself, it's not, it's not keeping the seed to yourself, Isaac. It's not protecting the thing in the season of famine, but, but generosity is actually the key in, bi- in the Bible and in psychology, in science, in our world, and in spirituality. Generosity is the key to a better, longer life. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. Anybody want to live a little longer? Maybe not. I, I don't know. Uh, Anybody, anyone want to just have a healthier life, a healthier marriage, a, a health, healthier bank account? You want to just have a healthier way of living? That's the pursuit, right? And, and, and if science backs up what the Bible already teaches, let me show you what the Bible teaches. Because Jesus lived generosity to the fullest. When you think of Jesus, you think of generous. Because generosity is not something you do, it's actually something you can become. Because generosity is actually a character trait. Jesus is generous. Matthew 20 and 28. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. Come on. And to give his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus' invite through the New Testament is for you to be generous like him. To give yourself away so that you can really really truly live you want a blessed life you want to truly live then it starts with us giving ourselves away biblical servant structure is built on giving it's built on giving in fact hebrews 7 and 7 says and without question the person who has the power to give a blessing is greater than the one who is blessed that's, that's the Bible today. We'll just stay there. Is that all right? The person who is able to give a blessing is greater than the one who is to receive the blessing. And the reality is, is once I receive the blessing, then I need to let go of the blessing because I am blessed 
to be a blessing. And if I want to live my best life, I'm going to have to learn how to live my... All right, 9 o'clock, let's go. Number one is this. Number one is this. Generosity is not about how much you have. It's about trusting God with what you have. Because sometimes we think that generosity somehow is how much I have. Isaac did not have a hundredfold in his crop. He just had seed. If you crack open an apple today, you can count the number of seeds in the apple. But you cannot count the number of trees that come from one seed. You can't count the number of apples that come from that seed. Because the reality is, is that seed is created to multiply. It's, it, and if all you do is hold on to it, you're actually starving, killing, and causing it to become dormant. See, Charles Spurgeon says this, if you are not content with what you have, you would not be satisfied if it were doubled. And so the, if we learn that the seed that I have, so it's not about how much I have, but it is about what I do with what I have. It's about trusting God with what I have. And so I decided to bring, bring some an illustration today. That's all I have left in my account. No, I'm kidding. Somebody feel sorry. All right. Um, but generosity, generosity, see, see, we think that tithing and generosity are, are synced together, and that's not true. Tithing is obedience. Generosity is above and beyond. And so when we talk about tithing, when we talk about giving, when we talk about being generous, oftentimes we're like, all right, we know that that's the tenth. But if all we think about it is in percentages... We're actually missing out on the heart of what it is to give. Because when you think about it in percentages, then you're limiting God based on a percentage. Tithing giving is actually about the first more than it is about the percentage. So I've got 10 ones up here today. And this is what happens with, with life. This is just, our, for, for me and Andrea, let me, let's just be real. These are, these are things that, that are struggling. We get a, we get a paycheck. We get, sometimes we get a paycheck. Sometimes there's things that come through. Funny. All right. All right. That's just trying to get through to you people. All right. And, and, and we're like, we got, we got Mariah's school bill. And we've got basketball basketball and we've got we've got car payments and we've got a mortgage and we we love to eat and and Christmas is coming and now I should give to God Maybe. But if I, do, if I do this, then I may not have enough for this. And, and, and this, is, this is the problem we have. We're, we're like, if I let go of this, will I ever get this back? If I, if I, if I let go of this, and so then we, we're like, see what happens. And all of a sudden you get another paycheck. And we're like, okay, we're good. I've got car payments. I've got basketball. I've got mortgage. We've got Christmas. I've got to pay for gas. And we're stuck again in a cycle going, do, do, I, 
do I be generous? Do I do I do I give to God, or or do I do I do I take care of, of an extra an extra meal? Do I do I do I get that that toy I've been wanting? Do I do I get that 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 thing that I've been? Am I talking to somebody this morning? And the reality is, is that yeah, you've given to God. That's great. We're gonna mess this whole illustration up because I can't get it out of the bucket. But that's not where the blessing comes from. Because what I've done is I'm trusting in life before I'm ever trusting in God. And when I do this first and I do this last, I am acting as if God is my wait staff and I am tipping him for a good job of providing for my life. Because that's what we do at the end of our meal is we're like, how good was the waiter or the waitress? And then you and I, we tip on a percentage. And the standard tipping percentage is 15%. My wife and I give 20% for a tip, all right? And so what we actually do is we end up with a 10% tip to God, and we tip everybody else at a 20% tip. What we're saying is I'm not trusting God with what I've been given. Maybe, maybe it's not about the percentage, but maybe it is trusting God with what I've been given, and I start with him first, and then he blesses everything else afterwards. You want the blessing of God? It's going to start here and to flow into here. Isaac sowed the seed and was blessed a hundredfold. And let the priority straight it's God first and everything else don't add God later to your marriage add God first to your marriage don't add God second to your day add God first to your day don't add God second to your finances add God first to your finances you want to bless life today it's going to come through generosity of time talent and treasure today you want God to do great things let's bless him first it's already is anyway God's the one who gave this to you this wasn't ours. Wasn't ours. It's his anyway. And God's saying this. We're not saying, oh man, I have to give 10%. No, no. We're saying we get to live off of 90. <laughs> because we've given to him first. And everything else flows. I read across the statement this week that said this. If our wealth never touches the local church, then I can tell for certain that our heart doesn't either. Number two is this, generosity. This is what benefits you. This is what benefits you. Generosity is not a debt that I owe. It's a seed that I sow. God will never send you an invoice. God's not like, hey, I gave you a child. Now pay up. God, take them. I return it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> God doesn't send you an invoice. God's not going to invoice you. It's not a debt that you owe. This, this is a seed that I get to sow. Do you know that your generosity touches lives? It changes hearts 
and around here, we're not just about the local, we're about the global church. So we're from Cambodia to Rathrum, Idaho. And the reality is, is what we want to do is we want to sow a seed of generosity so that God will increase it. I want to see a hundredfold return on every seed that I sow. That's the, because why? God wants to bless you. Someone say it. God wants to bless me. God wants to bless me. Because generosity is not a debt I owe. It's a seed I sow. It's not a debt. It's not a debt. Proverbs 11 and 24 says, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. You guys have a great day. Go read the Bible to you. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. People curse those who hoard their grain. But they bless the ones who sell in the time of need. If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, you will find it. Trust in your money and down you go. But the godly flourish like leaves in spring. And those who bring trouble on their families inherit the wind. The fool will be a servant to the wise. And the seeds of good deeds become trees of life. A wise person wins friends. Because if we store our seed, it becomes muted. But when we sow it, it multiplies. And I've learned this principle of generosity. Everything belongs to God. You belong to God. This church belongs to God. Your money belongs to God. Your job belongs to God. Your kids absolutely belong to God. It belongs to God. And if God is in that, and what we're doing is we're releasing God to do what God does. So when I give, I'm reminding myself that everything I have is a blessing from God, and I'm going to show Him by blessing Him that He is my source, that He is my provision. And what happens is, when we allow this order to get out of place, we're allowing discounts to drive our decisions. We're discounting the things God's done. And we're allowing discounts. So I'm saying here today, don't allow discounts to drive your decisions. Because not everything that's on sale is a good product. I just want this to stretch a little more. It'll stretch more when you do this first. It'll stretch more. It's not going to stretch when you try to make shortcuts and discounts and all of that. The generous prosper. And if they're stingy, down they go. Down they go. Because generosity is not the debt I owe. It's a seed I sow. Everybody good this morning. Number three is this, generosity is an invitation for God to bless me. This, my generosity of my time, my talent, my treasure, generosity is an invitation for God to bless me because suddenly now I'm letting go of the very things I've been holding close to. You know, the two, one, two of the biggest things that get us in trouble is our mouth and our money. Somebody preach that today. It's our mouth and our money, and that's the, that's the thing. But it, it, generosity is an invitation. It's letting go. And I want to remind a child of God, you are blessed and not cursed. 
You are highly favored. You're blessed of God. You're blessed and not cursed. And let me say it like this. I know that, I know that in this world we're like, don't have an agenda. If you have an agenda, you know, uh, that you're a bad person. And, and you, it, you know, it's, it's, it's agenda for, did you know God has an agenda? God has an agenda. God has an agenda. God has an absolute lopsided agenda. And his agenda is to bless you and to restore your life. That's God's agenda. God has an agenda in everything that you do. God's agenda is to restore relationship with you and bless you. You don't believe me? All right, fine. Malachi chapter 3. Anytime. There we go. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. This is the invitation of return. But you ask, how are we to return? This is, the, this is the crucial part. How are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And God's like, in tithes and offering. You're under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Tell me today that that is not an invitation for God to absolutely bless you. That's it. He's like, test me in this. He's like, we've, you've, 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 how do we return? Well, you've been robbing from me. How have we robbed you? How have we stolen? And I, I came across this statement, and it said this, we steal because we do not know how to create. See, Isaac knew how to create. How did he create? By sowing what he had. He didn't have to steal someone else's crops. He just had to sow what God gave him. He had to release what God had given him. And Malachi, God says, hey, I want you to stop robbing. I want you to turn to me. I want to bless you. And if, you're, and if you'll do that, if you'll just do this first see if i won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you that you cannot contain sounds like a hundredfold blessing to me sounds like a big blessing to me this is you want to know i'm feeding into your own psyche this morning of saying how does generosity benefit me see if god will not do something that will blow your mind and your expectation if you'll just be generous in what you've been given because generosity isn't something you do, it's something you become. From the very beginning, what does it mean to be human? God said this, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to cause you to be fruitful and multiply. You and I, we're a multiplier. Turn to your neighbor, tell them you're a multiplier. Some of you just said that to your spouse and they are freaked out. <laughs> Generosity has made me realize that I cannot afford to miss out on who I can become. 
because if generosity is something I become, I miss out on who I can become by holding on and hoarding what I have. Generosity will change your perspective. Generosity will ground your faith. Generosity will expand your mind. And generosity will deepen your soul. Number four, and I will come to a close here in a moment. Number four, generosity connects me to something bigger than myself. When I'm generous, it's not about me and mine. It's now about what I'm making, how the impact is. It connects me to something bigger than myself. How many knows you need an outside perspective? You need, because sometimes just in your own, in your own head, you, you, you're, either you're way bigger than you think you are, or you're not as big as you really are. Generosity will actually connect you to something bigger than yourself. Here's what Paul tells to Timothy, the New Testament. And this is, this is the argument that people have. Well, well, the New Testament's different than the Old Testament, absolutely, but the principles are the same. And, and they're like, well, 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 the disciples taught one way, and they taught, yeah, yeah, you want to talk about New Testament giving? New Testament giving? <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to mess with some of you. New Testament giving was... Hey, I just sold my house, my land, my property, my oxen, and my, my cows, and, and, and my, my turkeys, and I, I just sold all this. And the New Testament says this, great. Wait, what? No, no, read the book of Acts. They had all things in common and everything that they sold. In fact, there was a group named Ananias and Sapphira that was like, hey, we want to give it all to the church. And they walk in to, to Paul or to Peter, and, and, and they're like, hey, we sold everything. And like, oh, really? Yep, yep, we just gave it all. And what they did was they're like, and as they get ready to walk out the door, he's like, no, no, you lied to the Holy Spirit, and they dropped dead walking out of the church. I'm thankful. <laughs> I'm thankful. I'm thankful nobody's walking out here dead today. All right. So that's the reality is whether it's this or whether it's this this is the priority this is the priority and Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 6 teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is, by the way, so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. God wants to bless you. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasures as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Can't tell me God doesn't want to bless you. God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. And finally, number five is this. Generosity is all about Jesus. Hey, you're never more like Jesus than when you give and when you forgive. We're going into a week of Thanksgiving where our country celebrates what we're thankful for. 
May Thanksgiving not be a Thursday in November, but may it be a lifestyle. May it be a condition of our heart. May it be who we become. Because in giving thanks, it's still being generous with your mouth. Generosity is woven into the very DNA and fiber of a Christian, of a Jesus follower. Because generosity is all about Jesus. So whether you have a little, whether you have a lot, the question is today, what are you going to do with it? You have something today. You have something that you can give generously to others. Really? He's the God of the lavish blessing. Lavish blessing. He's just not going to give just a little bit and go, whoo, here's a little dusting. No, no, no. In the year of famine, Isaac planted his crops and God gave him a hundredfold to harvest because he blessed and his wealth grew and grew because the blessing of God was stamped on someone with faith enough to say I know it's recession and I know it's famine but what I have is already his I'm just going to put it to work and let the ground do and produce what it was for what it was made for and God's like I own the field I own the field because Jesus wants to transform your life your thinking and unlock it about giving and unlock it about generosity in every area of your life today. My question is, are you ready? Are you ready to be generous with your love? Are you ready to be generous with your forgiving? Are you ready to be generous with your talent? Are you ready to be generous with your time? Are you ready to be generous with your finances? Are you ready to be generous with your hope? Are you ready to be generous? Because I've just showed you five things of how generosity actually benefits you. Are you ready? Test God and see if He won't. Because I don't know about you, but He's never failed me. He's never failed. I know the song says He's never failed me yet. Ah, get rid of the yet. He'll never fail. He'll never fail. The great cloud of witnesses have said it that He's never failed. He's never, anybody in the house? He's never failed. He's never failed. He's never failed. He's never failed. Will you stand with me all over this place this morning? Deuteronomy chapter 16. That's how I want to close this thing out. God wants to bless you. God wants to. That's His heart. He wants to bless you. Deuteronomy 16 and 10 says it like this. Then celebrate the festival of harvest. What? The thing you've reaped, the thing you've brought in, you know, that hundredfold thing. Celebrate the festival harvest to honor the Lord your God. Bring Him a voluntary offering in proportion to the blessings you have received from Him. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I'll never be able to make enough money in this lifetime, in ten lifetimes a hundred lifetimes to do that. You know what the greatest offering you can bring today in proportion to the blessing He's given you is your life. This thing, He's created you with purpose, 
with destiny, with ideas, with creativity. The greatest thing that you can bring to him, a voluntary offering of saying, God, I give you my life, my hopes, my dreams. I put my trust in you. I put my faith in you. I give it to you. Come on, would you take that posture all over this room this morning? All over this house. God, I give this to you. You've given me this life. You've given me breath in my body, strength in my bones, clarity in my thoughts. These aren't mine. These are yours. I am yours. So I give back to you the very thing that you've given to me. Father, I pray that there would be a blessing that would settle in on your people, blow their minds. And I pray that you would increase their heart for generosity to your house, to your name, to your glory. And may we bring a voluntary offering of worship, a voluntary offering of time, a voluntary offering of talent, a voluntary offering of treasure. May we bring the voluntary offering in proportion to the blessings we've been given. You have blessed us. You want to bless us today. Father, the key that we have in our hand, may we unlock this door to see the fruitfulness, the multiplication of this greatness. Taking that step, sowing that seed. So I pray that those that sow today would reap bucketfuls of blessing in their life, in their homes, and in their jobs. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come this morning. And as they're coming, if the house lights could go down. If you're in this place and you've never given your life to the Lord, you've never said yes to Jesus, or you're here this morning and you want to say, I'm coming back to Him. I'm coming back to Him. I've, I've been away, but today I want to come back. I've, I want to give my life to Him. And if that's you, I'm going to pray, and I want you to pray with me. I'm going to count to three, and I want you to shoot that hand up with boldness and confidence. Say, that, that's me. I want, a, I want a fresh start. I want a, I want a new life. I, I want to be generous with what I've been given, and that's my life today. Heads bowed, eyes closed this morning. If that's you, whether it's the first time you're coming back, will you pr- just pray with me today? I'll, I'll lead, but pray your own way this morning. Father, I thank you that you have given me breath. You've given me a heart that beats in my chest, clarity of mind. Father, today I'm, I'm giving you the very thing that you have so generously blessed me with. And that's my life. I give you my hopes, my dreams, my ambitions. I, I give you my marriage. I give you my kids. I, I give you my job. I give you my career. I give it all to you today. It's yours. So take this life that I have and I give it to you as an offering voluntarily today. And I know you're going to do something great with it. So I ask that you'd forgive me of my sin. Create a new heart in me. Create new thought patterns in me. Today, God, I, I surrender and I give it to you. And I ask that you would come into my heart. You're my Savior. You're my Lord. If that's you today, one, you've never been as loved as you are right now. You're so loved. Two, there is great grace on your life. 
And God wants to do amazing things in you. He wants to bless you. And three, if that's you, I'm giving my life to Jesus for the first time or all over again. I'm saying yes. Come on, shoot your hand up this morning. I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Beautiful. Beautiful. Online this morning, let us know. Let us know. Father, thank you for those that have said yes today, those that are giving their life, those that have prayed silent prayers, those that, God, are living living in this realm of wanting to give you their best, and that is their life. Today, God, do a great work in them. I pray you would increase it a hundredfold. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.